tonight. Uh, we're going to make an effort here to finish contrary to nature. Amen. Contrary to nature. This is our third class on this particular series. Uh, we have gone and I think about that songwriter say, uh, Jesus, I'll never forget where you brought me from. I'll never forget. No, never. Amen. And each and every one of us, we need to remember where God has brought us from, what he has done for us. Amen. And, you know, as we always say, he didn't have to do it, but I know you're glad he did. I mean, those that are really saved, I know you're glad that he did. Because if it had not been for the Lord that's been on our side, where would we be? Amen. So we began this thought in Isaiah 29, uh, verse 13 and 14. Uh, Isaiah um, was the eagle-eyed prophet, amen, that would look on down the line and tell us of things to come. And certainly this is one of those things. And God said he is going to trouble Ariel. And Ariel was a, a name, uh, an endearing term used for Jerusalem. Amen. And if you look at that word Ariel, it means lion of God. God is going to trouble. Uh, that's where the temple was, Jerusalem. We are spiritual Israel today. We are the temple of the living God, amen. And if there's ever a time that we've been living in troubling times, certainly, and I know, you know, you ought to feel it in your spirit. We're living in troublesome times, amen. And it is time for the church to trouble God. Lord, we need you. If we ever needed you, we sure do need you now. He says, wherefore saith the Lord, I'm in Isaiah uh, 29, we want verse 13 and 14. For as much as the people draw near unto me with their mouth, but with their lips uh, they do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work in wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. My God, um, where are our wise men? Where are our men of wisdom, men of renown? Seem like is uh, common sense is not common anymore. Come on, somebody! My God. And it's, it's, this is the, the miracle. This is the work that God said he's going to do. He said, um, I'm going to remove, their heart is removed far from me. Now, they, Israel had uh, got into uh, a spirit of hypocrisy. You know, they talked one thing, but they did another. They honored him with their lips, but their hearts, and on somebody, uh, were far from him, and they have removed their heart from far from me, and the fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. I behold, I'm going to proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder. Does it mystify you sometimes? The decisions 
that are being made, the foolishness that's going on. My God, it's it's a marvelous work and a wonder. And, and, and I'm telling you, it will have you scratching your head. My God, who in the world is calling the shots? Who's in control? And certainly we know the children of God. We know. I'm on somebody. We know what's happening. We know that ultimately God is in control. You know, uh, I know a lot of people, they're, they're done with uh, this pandemic and they're done with uh, you know, this being shut down and that being limited and, either, you know, they're just done. But you know what? God, he says, I'm not done. Come on, somebody. I'm not done. And we have an open defiance. You know, we've always had a fear of God. And I talked about, I had an old German shepherd that when the storm came, would go uh, uh, run in her cage and, and shut the door if she could. Uh, she just had that fear of something that was greater than her that would shake the lightning that will flash and the, and the earth would shake. She would realize there's something greater than her going on. Uh, what we're experiencing now is just an open defiance of God. God is speaking. We see people adopt, dropping dead just like flies. And one thing that... Um, Evangelist Allen, she hit it right on the head in, in Sunday school last Sunday. She said, uh, because iniquity shall abound. She, she referred to that scripture. Because iniquity shall abound, abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I mean, even the church have become insensitive to what's going on. My God, well, this is just... What we do, and this is the day that we're living in now. My God, God is pouring out his wrath. And it is time for the church to wake up, to wake up and realize what is going on. All right, we went to Luke 9. And this is something I want each and every one of us to take into consideration. Because even as a disciple of Christ, um, we can, when we see things happening around us and a lot of people... Uh, the, the holiness is being challenged. Everything is being challenged now. You know, the baptism in Jesus name, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is holiness required. Can we do this now? You know, seem like everybody else is um, throwing up their hands and quitting and coming up with uh, convenient ways of serving God. Uh, they've eliminated this and they have eliminated that. Um, but I want to remind you in this uh, passage of scripture, Luke 9, and we'll go right to 55, uh, when John and James uh, asked the question, shall we call down fire and burn them up just like Elijah did? Well, Jesus rebuked them uh, in, in verse 55, Luke 55, but he turned and rebuked them and said, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the man of God has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went another way. Amen. Uh, so it's possible to be a disciple of Christ. Come on, somebody. And forget what manner of spirit ye are of. This is no time for uh, monkey see, monkey do. Amen. And and. And this is the reason for this Bible class. You know, God has taken us out of one family 
and placed us into his family. You know, somebody, my God. And Paul was the one that cried out, you know, said, you know, and I, I'm sleeping with the enemy. I tried to do good, but you know, that wild side is it, still in me. It's in my members. With my mind, I do serve the law of God. Oh, my God. But this flesh, who's going to deal with me? Oh, wretched man that I am, who is going to deliver me from the body of this death? All right. But look in Romans 11, 24, and this will be the end of our recap. Uh, we have two more lessons out there that you can go back and get uh, the gist of this. And um, our, our thought is contrary to nature. Romans 11 and 24, he said, And if thou wert cut out of an olive tree, which was wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Amen. So he took us out. Come on, somebody. Of that a tree that was wild by nature and grafted us into his family, his tree, contrary to your old nature. Come on, somebody, my God. And if we get over here and do the same thing that the natural branch was cut off, they were cut off because of unbelief. Now, if we get over here and give God the same kind of wild grapes, Come on, somebody. Yeah, they brought forth fruit, but it was wild grapes. It was fruit, but it was not acceptable unto God. Somebody said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let them what? Come on, somebody. My God. If we get over here and do the same thing as those that were cut off, Come on, somebody. My God. We, too, then are subject to be cut off just like they were. My God. So it's so important that we know that we have been grafted into a new family. God has given us a new nature. He's given us a new DNA. Come on, somebody. And it's contrary to our old nature. And if you're not careful... Come on. If you're not careful, you will find yourself falling back into that old fallen nature that God brought you out of. My God. And it always is good to remember and say, look where the Lord has brought me from. Brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. He said in Deuteronomy, <clears throat> uh, look what happened. It says Deuteronomy 24 and 9. Remember what the Lord thy God did unto Miriam, by the way, after that she was come forth out of Egypt. I know somebody. Miriam and Aaron, they had uh, spoke against Moses. I know somebody. Questioned his leadership. Um, so even after coming out of Egypt, God put her out of the camp and Moses, my God's man had to pray her 
back in. Now, you know, Moses was a meek man. And, you know, it has to be God's man that will do something contrary to you. I mean, after somebody call you out and question your authority, you would have a hard time uh, bringing them and praying them back into the good graces of the church, except <laughs> uh, there be a God dwelling, living and working on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. My God is the only one that can cause us to love our enemies. My God, forgive our enemies prayed her back into the good graces after bringing her out of Egypt. That was the point. Deuteronomy 24 and 9. So just because God brought you out of the world don't mean uh, you, you can't be put back into the world and God give up on you. He said, my spirit is not going to strive with man always. So uh, we're not eternally secure. You just get over here and just do what you want to do. No, follow peace with all men and holiness is God's standard. Come on, somebody, without which no man is going to see the Lord. So God is requiring holiness out of each and every one of us. All right, he brought us in. He broke down the middle wall of partition. You all remember when... Uh, it was Apostle Peter went to the house of Cornelius. Amen. Peter preached the first message. He said, this is unto you, uh, unto your children, unto them that are far off, as many as the Lord God, our, our God shall call. I know somebody. But when God called for him to go to the house of Cornelius, God had to prepare Peter. He had already preached the message on the day of Pentecost. For it is unto you unto your children, to them that are far off. Come on, somebody. My God, that was the Gentile. Now, there's only two nationalities that God recognized. That's Jew and Gentile. Amen. Only two that he recognized, Jew and Gentile. So how do we get all of these colors? Well, your position as, rel as, as relative, your, your position relative to the sun, Somebody, uh, some places, some uh, uh, places people get dark and we covered that in the uh, song of Solomon. Amen. Uh, uh, the girl said, I'm black. Now her, her sisters and uh, that were jealous of her, didn't like her. Uh, they were all fair skinned. They, they stayed uh, out of the vineyard, out of the sun. All right. So where do our colors come from? It comes from where you are relative to the sun and interracial marriage. This is how we get the, the red and the yellow and the black and the white. Come on, somebody. My God. Amen. But there's only two that God recognizes, Jew and Gentile. So when Apostle Peter went to the house of Cornelius, he, he said from the very beginning, uh, I believe God is no respecter of persons. Come on, somebody. Cornelius was bowing down to uh, Apostle Peter. He said, no, don't bow to me. I'm a man just like you are. God told him, what I have cleansed, don't you call common or unclean. God broke down the middle wall of partition. 
Only God can do that. We talked about the failed attempts of men. 1776, they had the Declaration of Independence when the United States was declaring itself free from Great Britain. Come on, somebody. But yet they built the United States on the backs of slaves for another 400 years, all while it was declaring itself free. Come on, somebody. It was enslaving uh, others and said, we, we believe that all men are created equal and have certain unalienable rights <laughs> from, from his creator. And this is life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, to a certain people, that meant nothing. What about 1954, when the Supreme Court declared that segre segregation was unconstitutional? Come on, somebody. My God. And it has been a conflict ever since. And even the life of a public servant, we we're talking about Martin Luther King, lost his life in the civil rights movement because laws don't change the heart of men. My God. Now, they've tried through the courts and all kinds of documents and throughout history to break down the middle wall of partition, if you will, here in the United States. But laws don't change. Come on, somebody. Our wicked hearts. My God. The Bible says they are desperately wicked and weak. We don't even know. Come on, somebody. How wicked they are. The depths that they will go. The things that it will do. And the loss of life and conflict that has ensued. Not only that, we bring it up to date. Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of people, you know, I have a hard time uh, accepting uh, that term. And they will holler out, all lives matter. Yes, they do. But, you know, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Amen. So, but what is it about that black lives matter, that trouble? Come on, somebody. My God. It's that old nature. Come on, somebody. It's that old nature that if the blood has not been applied, come on, somebody, God hasn't changed your DNA, my God, you're still serving sin. My God. But what did he do? He brought us out. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When I can love my brother and my sister, love my enemies, come on somebody, my God. Love my wife as God has loved the church. Amen. We're in heavenly places. And it's not me. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, I better keep me out of the way. Amen. I have to have the, uh, the God in me, the spirit of God that's working in me. 
my God, uh, that I can conduct myself contrary to my old nature. My God. All right. Let us go on and, and we'll fast forward <clears throat> to where we left off. In 2 Timothy, the third chapter, Paul was one of the foundation layers. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, in verse 10, he's talking and he says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Come on, somebody. My God, my manner of life. Good trees bring forth good fruit. Come on, somebody. My God. Paul told Timothy all of the things that he had to go through in his in this life. And, and during his ministry, he said, out of all which God had delivered me, he brought me out. You can read it, uh, verse 10 through 17. Come on, somebody. And you have fully known my doctrine. Come on, somebody. Uh, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Come on, somebody. My God. And the Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. My God. He also talks about that corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Come on, somebody. And a good tree cannot bring forth corrupt fruit. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy here. You have known me. You have known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, long-suffering, my love, and my patience. Somebody ought to be able to see you, look at you. The Bible says, and by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when we have what? Love toward one another. Come on, somebody. My God. You will know a tree by its fruit. God said, except you abide in me and I in you, come on somebody, you cannot survive on your own. The fruit comes from the root. Mm. And when he grafted us in, he said, if the root be holy, then so are the branches. Come on, somebody. My God. I'm not tied to that old life of sin no more. My God, but God has created me anew. Come on, somebody. My God, the message to Jeremiah, I want you to go down to one who's known as the potter. So good at his craft. My God, so well known. He's just known as the potter. My God, and I want you to watch a work. My God, I got a message for my people. And as that potter was pressing the clay, and that's what he's, he's making us, molding us and shaping us. Come on, somebody. That's the first thing when you put the clay on the wheel, you spin the wheel and you press it to get all the air pockets out of it. Come on, somebody. My God, you let those air pockets get into the fiery, to the kiln uh, where it's fired up. 
those air pockets will explode and the whole piece is destroyed. Come on, somebody. So uh, the potter was working the clay on the wheel. And the Bible says it was marred in the hands of the potter. But he made it anew as it pleased him. Come on, somebody. My God. So, yes, we're marred. We still have some flaws in us. God is, is taking us to perfection. We're not perfected yet, but thank God we're still in the hands of the potter. Ah, my God. I can say amen. Individuals say, well, you ain't all that in a bag of chips. Amen. But thank God I'm still in the hands of the potter. He's making me anew as it pleases him. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Anybody thank God? For the potter's hands, my God, that's making you, molding you, shaping you. He said, I'll put my spirit in you and cause you, my God, hallelujah, to walk up right before me, my God. So it's not me, my God, but it's him that's working on the inside of me. And Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. Oh, Israel, cannot I do with you? As the potter does with this clay, all members of new grace, body of Christ, cannot I do with you? As this potter does with the clay, let him make you anew. Remember now, this is contrary to nature, your old nature. Come on, somebody. My God. He's making you and molding you and shaping you in what he would have you to be. All right, let's go to James, the first chapter. James, the first chapter. Verse 21 through 24. James talk about enduring trials and tribulations. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, what don't kill you makes you strong. Come on, somebody. Your tests and trials come only to make you strong. The importance of listening and doing God's word. All right, James 1, 21 through 24. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. What is that? That's an overflow of wickedness. And certainly, my God, the day and time in which we live now, people are doing some of the things that would just make you shake your head, uh, have an inordinate affection. Uh, you know, they don't even limit themselves to uh, mankind anymore. You know, you got uh, men and in, 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 and animals and women and dogs and all kinds of craziness going on today. Come on, somebody. Uh, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, that's the overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the grafted, engrafted word. Uh, the grafted, engrafted is grafted. Uh, where is it? It, it? It's in my heart. Thy word have I hidden it in my heart 
that I that wasn't I might and I might not sin. That was an emphatic I will not sin. Thy word have I hidden it in my heart. I will not sin against God. It goes against my DNA. Come on, somebody. I, and, and you know, of course, this has to be the DNA that God gave you. Not your old DNA. Come on, somebody. My God. It, it, it will cut me to the core to do something against God's word. My God. Somebody say, I esteem it more highly than my necessary bread. My God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness. My God. Yes, Lord. Come on, somebody. If God shows you something he's not pleased with, don't give him that rebellious spirit. Well, it's all right with me and I don't see nothing wrong with it. Listen, if God shows you something he's not pleased with in your life, receive it with meekness. I'm on somebody. Uh, the engrafted word, which is able to do what? Save your soul. What you're receiving tonight is something that is able to save your soul. My God, when it's all said and done. I mean, if I don't ever uh, get the job that I've been aspiring to, if I don't ever rise to the level uh, that I aspire to, if I don't ever get the house, if I don't ever drive the car, my dream car, if I don't ever uh, have the wardrobe uh, of a superstar, come on somebody, or the money of someone uh, that's famous. At the end of it, I want to hear God say, well done. What you receive tonight, my God, is able to save your soul. I mean, if you put it into practice, and we're going to cover that too. Look what this says in verse 22. But be ye what? Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away and straightway forget what manner of man he was. My God. Michael Jackson, he said he was looking at the man in the mirror and asking him to change his ways. But he didn't have it. He didn't have that ability to do what he was singing about. My God. Mm. Only the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Luke, the physician, when he wrote his letter, he said, uh, he thought it necessary that he be, he write that all the things that Jesus began to both do and teach. My God. And Jesus was a teacher by doing. He wasn't just, you know, um, uh, do as I say and not as I do. He was our perfect example. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, he was our forerunner, just as John the Baptist was the forerunner for Christ, preparing the hearts of men, 
Jesus is our forerunner. And I'm so glad because if he got up and became first fruits from the grave, I'm glad that if I have to go by way of the grave, I can get up to, if my forerunner got up, I can get up to my God. Amen. All right. So, uh, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen. What we learn on tonight, this is not something, and that was the problem with Ariel, Jerusalem. God was concerned with their hypocrisy. My God, uh, they could talk a good game. What God says, I'm going to trouble them. My God, because their hearts are far from me. Oh, you know, we got to, we, some of us been in this thing so long, we know how to do a sanctified look and a sanctified talk and a, a sanctified walk and, and your life look like you're a sanctified individual. We know how to testify. Oh yeah, we can testify. I'm full up with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. My God, just like we got more than somebody else. Oh, yeah, we can have a sanctified look and a sanctified talk and a sanctified swag. But God is saying, I'm looking at your heart. Mm. Man looks at the outward, but I'm looking at your wretched, undone heart. Come on, somebody. My God. Those that do, who is my mother or my sisters or my brothers? Those that do the will of my father are the same. Come on, somebody. My God is my mothers, my sisters, and my brethren. Those that do the will of my father. We can't be just hearers only. What we hear, God is expecting it, us to hide it in our heart and be ye doers of the word. All right, so be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And if you don't, you're doing nothing but deceiving your own self. And people will tell you in a minute, oh, I know the word. Well, that's why we're having this conversation. I know you know, and you know better. Come on, somebody. It's more than just knowing the word. You have to put it into practice. It has to become part of you. My God. Somebody said, I ate the whole roll and it was sweet. My God. Somebody said, he's sweet, I know. I found a savior and he's sweet, I know. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth away and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Come on, somebody. My God. Certainly, we have to understand and know, uh, just as Paul did in, in Romans 7, Paul said, I'm sleeping with the enemy. It's in me. It's my members. My God. And he cried out, oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me? My God. 
you know, I can't blame it on somebody else. It's me. There's a warring in my members. Flesh wants to do what flesh wants to do. My God. It hardly ever cries out for prayer and fasting and reading God's word and loving your enemy. Oh, no, that's not your old nature. Come on, somebody. That's the new nature fighting. Come on, somebody. Flesh wants to argue and fight. Go on vacation. Relax. Call in to work. Come on, somebody. Multiple times. And then blame it on somebody else. Come on, somebody. My God. But we're not walking to that nature anymore. We're walking in a new nature. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but what? After the spirit. Romans 8 and 1. Come on, somebody. My God. I have to cater now to that new nature God has given each and every one of us. I'm not guilty anymore. There is therefore now no condemnation. I don't have to live up to my old nature. My God. God has set me free. He has separated me from the old man. My God. And now I'm in Christ Jesus. My God. Walking not after the flesh but after the spirit. My God, I got a new nature now. I got a new attitude. I got a new outlook. I got a new walk. Come on, somebody. I have a new future. I got heaven in my view. Somebody ought to clap your hands and tell God, thank you. My God, who wouldn't serve a God like this? So put it to use. Put it in practice. Uh, many of us, we have um, exercise rooms in our homes. We go to the gym or we have access to the gym. Uh, but not everybody is going to be an Olympiad. Come on, somebody. Ain't everybody's going to be a bodybuilder. Uh, just because you have access to don't mean you took advantage of. Uh, it's more than just owning a treadmill. Come on, somebody. You actually got to get on it and put it to good use in order to get the results. And if you can understand the natural, you can understand the spiritual. It's more than just knowing the word. My God, you got to hide it in your heart and have an emphatic, I will not sin against God. My God. All right, Matthew, the seventh chapter. <clears throat> Talks about the yoke of holiness. Come on, somebody. This way of holiness is not going to be easy. We will be talked about, will become a reproach. 
Um, I think the uh, scriptures say a gazing stock. My God. Matthew 7, 13 through 27. What does he say? Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. This is, um, now we're in, um, I guess, a pandemic attitude. People are, my goodness, just unhinged, um, without filter. Uh, they feel free to say and to do whatever they want to do. Come on, somebody. It's almost as if they've forgotten decency and courtesy and respect. My God. And guess what? Evil communication corrupt good manners. This thing is catching on. And if you ain't careful, guess what? It'll spark some stuff in you that you thought you buried. You thought you got rid of. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, what would you do if somebody jump up in your face? You know, while they're telling you I have a right not to wear a mask, you know, some of that uh, saliva escaped their mouth and hit you on the face. Man, that'll bring up some, that'll bring up some old man. <laughs> My God, that, that'll bring up some old man in you. My God. And a lot of people are following suit because that seems like that's the, uh, the spirit that prevails today. You know, I, I can just say what I want and do what I want. And, you know, somehow um, it should be acceptable. No, no, no. Uh, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go thereat. A lot of people, a lot of people, this, this attitude is, is catching on. This spirit of rebellion is catching on. Because straight is the gate, verse 14, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Not only do you have to find it, you have to decide to walk in it. My God. Uh, the rich young ruler uh, came to Jesus and said, how might I obtain eternal life? He knew what he was asking for. But when Jesus showed it to him, the Bible said he walked away sad, came right to it. Jesus showed it to him. He looked at it and walked away sad. Sell all that you have and give to the poor. Oh, no, no, I, I, I can't do that. Hmm. The scripture said, there will be few that even find it. 
But when you find it, you have to decide to walk in it. I'd rather have Jesus. You can have silver and gold. Come on, somebody. My God. But I'll take Jesus for mine. Look what he says. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are as ravening wolves. The prophets back in that day, they had little to do with holiness and more to do with their bottom line. Telling the kings and the people what they wanted to hear that they might become a popular prophet and uh, as a result, make more money, receive more reward for their prophecy. Don't nobody want to hear you going to die tonight. Come on, somebody. So they caught on and said, well, listen, let's, let's tell the people what they want to hear. We just got done with a president. Tell the people what they want to hear. My God, you don't have to have no truth. Just tell them what they want to hear. Don't get mad at me. Uh, QAnon, you know, they were talking about, well, you know, um, uh, you know, the president is, is not going to, he won't leave office. Come on, somebody. And then, you know, there was going to be a return. He's going to return back to office. They done gave so many dates and so many times that, that Trump was supposed to come back into office and miraculously the government was going to be overturned and he's going to go back and... And they still, I don't care how much lie they tell and it don't come to pass, they're still followers. Their minds are deceived. Come on, somebody. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly there are, are as ravening wolves. Come on, somebody. Look at verse 16. How are we going to know them? You shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of th or thistles? Even so, every good tree does what? Bring forth what? Good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. You shall know. Just watch. Pay attention. Observe them. I can't hear what you're saying for seeing what you do because your actions speak louder, my God, than your words. Same thing if we're going to convert others to Christ. Somebody's watching you. Mm. My God, seeing if you're going to revert back to that old man Come on, somebody. My God. Or are you going to allow that root that's holy cause fruit to grow out of you? Come on, somebody. Remember now, the fruit comes from the root. You can't brag. You can't boast. It's the root that's supporting you. 
We're all tied, both Jew and Gentile, to that same root now. My God, God took out that old Adamic nature. My God, that Adam plunged the whole human race into and given us a new nature. He made us anew as it pleases him. My God, hallelujah. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Observe the fruit. Come on, somebody. My God. And as you're observing somebody else's fruit, now just remember, somebody's watching you. They want to know, do you have the real thing? They're watching your life. All right, verse 19, every tree that bringeth forth, <clears throat> bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, it's cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by these fruits ye shall know them. My God, by their fruit you shall know them. And those that are not bringing forth your fruit are cut off. My God, Lord, don't let me fail. I want to be in the bride. My God, Lord, don't cut me off. My God, whatever you do, don't cut me off. Give me another chance. My God, to be connected to the root that I might bring forth fruit. Israel brought forth wild grapes. Come on, somebody. It was fruit, but it wasn't pleasing to God. Come on, somebody. I don't want to bring forth wild grapes. I don't want to be in the permissive will of God. I want to be in the perfect will of God. Come on, somebody. My God. Look at verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that what? Doth the will of my father, which is in heaven. There we have it again. Who is my mother? My brother or my sisters. Those that do the will of my father. Uh, look at uh, 22. Many will say unto me in that day, that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew. You were never grafted in. Come on, somebody. Contrary to your old nature. Now, if God grafted you in, you know he knows you. Now, there are going to be those that said, we've done many one. Now, even the devil know that there's power in the name of Jesus. I know somebody, when he came uh, face to face with Jesus, he said, uh, have you come to torment me ahead of time? Even the devil know there's going to come a time where he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. He knows that his, his uh, ability to roam to and fro up and down in the earth is going to come to an end. The Bible said he's reserved unto judgment. He knows 
what his end is. He knows that there is a God and his name is Jesus. He knows the name of Jesus and there's power in that name. My God. There are individuals that are going to have faith. Come on, somebody. Uh, that these false prophets will lay their hands on them and call that name of Jesus and they'll be healed. Be it unto you according to your faith. It's, you know, it doesn't matter. Listen, healing, deliverance, miracles, signs, and wonders, they all belong to God. It's not the hands that lay on you. Can't nobody heal but Jesus. Can't nobody make you anew but Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. My God. Can't nobody perform miracles like him. Jesus, the last God standing. We've done uh, miracles in your name. Yes, they use the name. That's how they got the results. They themselves, Jesus said, I didn't know, I don't know you, but you used my name, but you were never grafted in. You're not part of the root. Come on, somebody. My God, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Come on, somebody, ye that work iniquity. Verse 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Thank God for a foundation. Come on, somebody. Thank God for a foundation of truth. Knowing who Jesus is. My God, if there's ever a time that there's the floods and, and the rains and the winds and every people cast to and fro with every whim of doctrine. My God, people that you thought for sure knew the truth in the truth, rooted in the truth, grounded in the truth, all the same spiritual drink and the same spiritual meat. My God, many of them God was not well pleased and they were overthrown in the wilderness. My God, they were once with us, but they went out from us, that it might be made manifest. They were not connected from the very beginning. They were not grafted in. My God, see everything that you see growing out of a bush don't necessarily mean it's connected to the same root. My, 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 my. Anybody know anything about gardening? These weeds will go right down and grow right in the middle of the plant. And you got to separate the plant and pull it out by its root. 
and it has a totally separate root, but it was growing in among the roots of the plant. Smart. I'm just going to grow up with everything else, and he's going to think I'm part of the plant. Oh, no. God will teach you a lot of things out in your yard. Come on, somebody. Uh, I've taught it to my son. You know, when you start seeing stuff grow, look at the, look at the leaves and look at the flowering. Uh, there'll be a different shade of green. One's darker, one's lighter. One will be a flower. One won't have no flower at all. Why? Because you're going to know a tree by its fruit. When it blooms and comes forth, it's not going to look like the flower. It thinks it looks like the flower because it's, it's all down and it's all growing together. Mm. Just outside the other day, sometimes those things can get so thick, you got to cut them off. But when you cut them off you, and you don't get the root, you know you're going to have to deal with it again. Uh, so I told Avery, said, go get the channel locks. Big pliers. <laughs> Separate the 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 uh, the flower. Get those channel locks down at the ground and pull it out by the root. You ain't gonna have to deal with that one no more. And <laughs> now there may be some more come out, but it ain't gonna be you. I done dealt with you. Plucked up by the root, but it's all growing, coming from the same place but you will know it by its fruit. It's going to look different than the flower. All right. Therefore, whosoever heareth my sayings of mine and doth them, I will liken them unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and what? And it fell. My God. And great was the fall of it. My God, cast to and fro with every realm of doctrine. Double-minded man, individuals, my God, my God, that's unstable in all of their ways and will receive nothing from God. We have double-minded people. They don't know what side they're on. Come on, somebody. They in it today, and soon as trouble come, they out. Come on, somebody. My God. I'm in it for the long haul, but their long haul ain't very long at all. And you'd be surprised that people, uh, sometime you even been pastoring them for years. Come on, somebody. It, it will surprise you of their attitude uh, when you say something contrary uh, to their belief or their will or their thought. My God, you, you see some stuff rise up out of them you, you never would have thought. <laughs> Somebody, nah, I don't agree with that and I ain't going to do it. 
Like, what? My God. Take him to the scripture. Show it to him in the word. Oh, no. My God. Individuals are leaving the doctrine. Come on, somebody. That it might be made manifest that they were not with us from the beginning. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about individuals that leave the doctrine. Not leave New Grace or leave some other church or some other ministry. People are leaving the doctrine. Come on, somebody. Uh, seeking after teachers that will... Uh, preach unto them smooth things. Tell me what I want to hear and I can do what I want to do and somehow I'm going to see God's face in peace. That's what I want to hear. Come on, somebody. And if you tell me something contrary to that, I'm, I'm going to leave your church, all right? Come on, somebody. That's the way it's got to be. That's the way it's got to be. Because ultimately, I want to be saved. And if I don't preach it in season and out of season and when they want to hear it and when they don't and if they agree with it and if they don't or if they'll bring an offering, if they won't, my God, I won't be saved. So I got to give them the truth no matter what. My God. And one thing about the word of God. It will draw you or it will drive you. My God, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let God be true and every man a lie. Amen. So Jesus made it plain in John 10 and 9. He said, I am the door of the sheep. If any man come into me in and out, he will find pasture. But he's only going to find it in me. Come on, somebody. My God, so many people are trying to go around and circumvent. But listen, he's so high, you can't get over him. He's so deep, you can't get under him. He's so wide, you can't get around him. If you're going to be saved, you're going to have to come in at the door. My God. Each and every one of us saints of God, we have to do it his way. He said, except you drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you will have no part with me. In other words, you do it like I say do it. It's like I say and nothing else. And say, well, who is this that say that he's going to give us blood to drink and, and uh, uh, flesh to eat? The Bible said they turned and walked with him no more. I'm on somebody. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, wilt thou? I'm on somebody. Turn and walk away. Are you going to go with the crowd? Are you going to walk in the broad way? Simon Peter said, Lord, where are we going to go? Thou only have the words, come on somebody, 
of eternal life. So if I want eternal life, it has to be his way. I got to do it his way. I got to surrender my will to his will. My God. Lord, wherever you lead me, that's where I will follow. And listen, saints, holiness is not no uh, easy life. Come on, somebody. We're living in a time now where it's Christian service has become hard. It's tough. Come on, somebody. My God. Because they're calling right, wrong. And wrong, right. But you have to be willing to take a stand. No, right is still right. And wrong is still wrong. Come on, somebody. But this is the day and time in which we live. They're calling right wrong. And if that's not bad enough, they're calling wrong right. But we still have to take a stand. And having done all to stand, my God. <clears throat> Our light have to shine bright enough for someone else to make it in out of this dark world. My God, you can't blend in with the crowd. You can't go back to your old nature. We are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a reserved set aside. Come on, somebody. Special purpose, peace. Come on, somebody. My God. God has built me for a purpose. He has purpose, calling, destiny, anointing, gifts, talents. Come on, somebody. He has saved us and preserved us and kept us alive for such a time as this. My God. What are you going to do with that talent he's given you? Are you going to go and dig and hide it in the earth? My God. That's a whole Bible class right there. All right, let's go to Matthew 16, 18 and 19. We can't miss following this truth. Come on, somebody. When we stand upon the truth, we can use the name and bind the enemy and greater works shall you do. All right, Matthew 16, 18 and 19. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? All right. Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Look at his response, uh, Matthew 16, 18 and 19. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on, somebody. My God, when we build it his way, except the Lord. Build the city. Come on, somebody. The builder 
is just building in vain. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Come on, somebody. When we build his way and build to his specification and on the right foundation, come on, somebody, uh, upon the rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell. Those are the powers, the working of the enemy. Listen, it's not going to prevail against it. Now, this is where we kind of get confused. The weapon will be produced. The weapon will be loaded. The weapon will be cocked. The weapon will be aimed. And the weapon will be fired. My God but we're gonna be able to withstand all the fiery darts. He didn't say it wasn't gonna be aimed, cocked, and fired now. He just said it ain't gonna prosper. My God. <laughs> uh, Sometimes we, we get offended. Oh, they said this and they did that and they did yes, but it's not gonna work. It's not going to prevail. It's not going to prosper. My God. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Yes, he's as a roaring lion seeking, going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. My God, what did he say to Peter? And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose upon earth shall be loosed in heaven. Come on, somebody. My God. And this is where the nominal church gets it wrong. They say Peter was the rock. No, it was the revelation Come on, somebody. My God, the name Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And all these three are one. The revelation that unlocks. Come on, somebody. My God. That name, Jesus, everybody don't know who Jesus is. There's no other name given under heaven among men whereby we what? My God, hallelujah. Unless you use the name Jesus, my God, you don't invoke the power. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the authority, the revelation of who he is. Come on, somebody, my God. And uh, Peter, I'm gonna give you the keys and I'm gonna give you authority over every enemy. I'm gonna give you the authority over every adversary. For whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth is going to be loose in heaven. My God, you have the revelation. You know who I am. My God. 
at that name, Jesus, every knee. My God, come on now. At that name, Jesus. You know, people go all, they go right to every knee shall bow. Go back it up. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue is going to confess him. I don't care. Small demons, middle-sized demons, retarded demons, cross-eyed demons, big demons. Come on, somebody. Even on your way to hell, you're going to acknowledge that there is a God and his name is Jesus. My God. That's the foundation that we're building upon. Come on, somebody. And when we build upon that foundation and build his way, the gates of hell. Come on, somebody. The power of the enemy, the workings, the underpinning of the devil shall not prevail against his church. Come on, somebody. Nevertheless, the foundation of God, what? It stands assured. God knows those that are his. We've been grafted in. Come on, somebody. My God, we're connected to that root which is holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. All right, let's go to 1 Peter. Apostle Peter says we're now been called to holy living. First Peter, the first chapter, 22 through 25. We have been called to holy living now that we are partaker of that root which is holy, contrary to our old natures. Look at it, it says, seeing ye have purified your souls, and it almost sounds as if we have done something, but no, how did we do that? By obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. My God, seeing ye have purified your souls, how did we do that? By obeying the truth. How and through what? Through the spirit. Come on, somebody. How can they hear? Come on, somebody. My God except they have a preacher. And how can the preacher preach except he be sent? Come on, somebody. It's the God-given gift of ministry that he gives to certain individuals, everybody. My God, that call themselves a pastor, preacher, are not called of God. How can they hear? without a preacher. You, you, you didn't do this. You can't lean to your own understanding. You don't know the way. My God. God gives leadership 
Come on, somebody. To the church. All right. Obeying. How did we do this? Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Sincere. Unfeigned uh, means sincere love of the brethren. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you want. When we love, we have unfeigned love. We have sincere love of the brethren. Seeing that you what? Love one another with a pure heart, fervently, not occasionally, <laughs> not just at Christmas time, not when things are going well. Come on, somebody. Uh, not when you're doing something for me. Uh, but I have sincere love for my brother and my sister fervently, all the time, among somebody. I always have uh, love for my brother and sister. Look at verse 23. Being born again, my God, except the man. Be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but what? Incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. If God's word, if heaven and earth is going to pass away, come on somebody. And the only thing standing is going to be the word of God. Come on, somebody. If I can get the word hidden in my heart, then I can stand with the word of God. Come on, somebody. My God. If I can hide it in my heart, the word is going to live forever. And whosoever uh, believe, liveth and believeth on me shall never die. Whosoever liveth and believeth on me shall, you ought to tell your adversary, tell the devil, I can't die. <laughs> my God. I know you're huffing and puffing and trying to blow my house down, trying to take me out, but I can't die. Mm. My God. The Bible said, believeth thou this, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this, whose report are you going to believe? Come on, somebody. My God. All right. Let's go to verse 23 again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But look at this. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. My God, what you receive tonight is going to save your soul. 
Come on, somebody. My God. If we can get the engrafted word. Come on, somebody. My God. We will live forever. Believest thou this? My God, the word, have I hidden it in my heart. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. My God, get the word. Come on, somebody. Get the word. Hide it in your heart. Hold on to the word. Come on, somebody. My God. It will be the last thing standing. And if you got the word in you, you can stand with it. Come on, somebody. My God. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? All right, we're almost done here. First Peter. Come on, somebody. First Peter, second chapter, six through eight. Everything else, flesh is grass. The glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof faileth away. Come on, somebody. In the end, nothing is going to be standing but the word of God. We just read that. First Peter, second chapter. <clears throat> We want verse six, seven, and eight. What did Apostle Peter say? Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. It's elect, it's precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. My God, unto you, therefore... My God, anytime you see that word, therefore, wherefore in the Bible, you can substitute since this is a fact. The writer is building on something he just said. We actually have that in verse six. We'll read verse six again. The writer, Apostle Peter, he's building on. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. What kind of stone is it? It's elect. It's precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, since this is a fact, which believe he is what? Precious. But unto them which is disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Come on, somebody. God said, I have vessels of honor and I have vessels of dishonor. There's people that are appointed to this. Come on, somebody. That stone is a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Uh, let's go to Revelation, the fourth chapter, because John, in our study in Revelation, he saw this stone. 
Come on, somebody. What did he call it? To some, it's a uh, it's it's an elect, it's a precious stone, but to others, it's a stone of stumbling and a stone of offense. All right, John in Revelation, uh, the fourth chapter in verse one, John in his writing said, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice I heard was as it were of a trumpet. And the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with the voice of an archangel and with the what? Trump of God. The first voice I heard was that of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. My God, now that, that lets you know right there, Jesus is God. There was only one throne and one that sat upon him. Mm. So Jesus is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And all of these three are one. I don't know what you're worshiping uh, and what you're uh, sacrificing to. Come on, somebody. There's only one sitting in heaven. One throne and one that sat upon him. And look at this. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone. My God, and if we, we looked up that jasper and sardine stone, it's precious, it's elect, it's translucent. It's like the, the new Jerusalem that was coming down out of heaven. Come on, somebody, my God. Uh, when you look at it and turn it because of the uh, reflections of the precious stone and the facets the way that it's cut and the way that the light hits it it, it, it casts something a little bit different. Come on, somebody. My God. And when you look at that stone and, and you turn it, you say, oh, uh, there goes Jesus. Oh, there goes the Father. There goes the Son. There goes the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, every time you turn it, you see something different, a different reflection of the stone, my God, because it is elect, it is precious, I don't know somebody, to those that believe, all right, and they shall not be confounded, yes, I know who Jesus is, we have the revelation. We are the people of his name. He's that jasper and sardine stone. Come on, somebody. My God. And every time you look at him, my God, <clears throat> you see something different. And, and listen, ain't nobody but, but one in the Godhead, and that's Jesus. There's only one in the Godhead. You'll see different facets of him. 
Come on, somebody. But there's only one, and his name is Jesus. Now look at verse 7 again in 1 Peter 2 and 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, he's sweet. I know. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling. And let's let's just look at that right there. Well, let's read. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Vessels of dishonor. Ever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. They said, Peter was the rock, the foundation upon which the church was built. A stone of stumbling, a stone of offense. Come on, somebody. My God. They were appointed unto this. And Peter right now, he's telling, I'm not the stone. He's the stone. He's precious and elect. Come on, somebody. My God. Um, verse 8 again, a stone of stumbling. Um, it was Apostle Paul said that many scriptures they, they wrestle with and, and um, they don't understand them. You remember somebody, or was that Peter talking about Paul's writing? That's what it was. Uh, you know, at the scriptures, uh, it's a stone of stumbling. They don't, they don't understand them. Because they don't have the revelation, they don't know who Jesus is. A rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they are appointed. Come on, somebody. My God. We're not confounded, saints. We know who Jesus is, we know he's in control. Come on, somebody. We know he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his people without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Come on, somebody. My God. The songwriter said, look where he brought me from. Brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you hath he quickened. Ephesians 2 and 1. Which were dead in trespasses and sins. My God, mm, aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? The children said, I'll look into the hills from whence cometh my help because all of my help, it comes from the Lord. Come on, somebody, my God. Being built on that sure foundation. It didn't say foundations. It said, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Come on, somebody. Uh, we're going to uh, very quickly come up on financial distress. These are one of the things that's going to happen. Financial markets, uh, business markets, 
political platforms, businesses that you once saw and that you would never, uh, you never thought they would uh, um, go into bankruptcy or not be here today. And I could name them all. Come on, somebody. Wall Street had its had its time. The foundations, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Nevertheless, the foundation of God, all of those other foundations are being destroyed. Come on, somebody. It's happening before our very eyes. People's security. Hmm. I feel sorry for the individual that put their hope and their trust and their confidence in everything into their house to have the hurricane come through and wash it all away. My God. Now, it's, it's, yeah, I can understand the human element of it. I, I would be uh, distraught. But thank God I'm still saved. My God. If in this world we have a hope, we have all men most miserable. Our hope goes beyond what we can uh, obtain and, and what we have. And uh, the things seen are temporal. The things unseen are eternal. We have a hope that goes even beyond the grave. My God. Hallelujah. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it, didn't come from alcohol, don't come from drugs. Come on, somebody. My God, and the world can't take it away. Amen. All right, so there's so much we can more go into on that one scripture. But let's get this last scripture here. That's Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2.18. Through 22, our last thought, our last thought on contrary to nature. We said we'd finish this up on tonight. We could keep going, but we're going to finish this up. Ephesians 2, 18 through 22, Paul in his writing said, for through him, we both have access. Ah, for through him, we both, who, who is the we? Both Jew and Gentile are now connected to the same root. The middle of all of petition has been broken down. Come on, somebody. My God, there's no way that we could come together. Come on, somebody. I mean, all ethnic backgrounds, all different educational backgrounds and upbringings and nationalities and cultures and creed. There's one, no way we could come together and love with the love of God, except we be grafted in and partake of the same spiritual root. My God, don't you forget where God brought you from. You know what happened to Miriam after she came out of Egypt. That same thing can happen to you. All right. For through him, we both have access by what? By one spirit unto the Father. That same Holy Ghost, 
that's in you is the same Holy Ghost that's in me. Come on, somebody, and we ought to love one another as dear children. Now look at verse 14, uh, 19. Now, since this is a fact, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but what? But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. We've been grafted in. Somebody ought to say, I've been grafted in. Thank God for Jesus. Come on, somebody. All the saints of the household of God. We're all one partaking of that same spiritual root. Can't no law do this. Declaration of Independence didn't do it. The ruling of the Supreme Court, the segregation was uh, was unconstitutional. That didn't do it. Come on, somebody. Look at all the efforts of men to try to bring about peace. They have all failed. Laws don't change the, the, the Adamic nature. Come on, somebody. My God of man, only the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Let me go back to the beginning. For through him, we both, all of us now, have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, since this is a fact, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Come on, somebody. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. My God, somebody ought to clap your hands and thank God for Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God. I'm so glad he grafted me in. I'm so glad he looked at me and I, I was wretched. I was undone. I was unfit. I was unworthy. Had no hope. Had no future. Had nothing to offer. But he looked at me and fell in love with me. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. And decided that I was worth it. Decided that you were worth it. Come on, somebody. My God. And he took us out of that old tree. My God. Hallelujah. And grafted us into his tree. Contrary to our old nature. Come on, somebody. Now, the middle wall of petition has been broken down. My God, the, the, the woman said, truth, Lord. He said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast them under dogs. <laughs> she said, truth, Lord. I'm a dog, but I belong to you. My God, and even the dogs de desire the crumbs that fall off the master's table. My God, and Jesus said, oh, woman, come on, somebody. My God, I belong to you. We all belong to him. Amen. We have been grafted in by one spirit unto the Father. 
And now since this is a fact, we're no more strangers and foreigners, uh, but we're now we're fellow citizens. Who let the dogs out? Come on, somebody. My God, uh, the Gentiles that were considered dogs. Mm. And when Apostle Peter came back to Jerusalem and said, who told you to go down there and, 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 and preach to those people? He said, listen, you better talk to these brother, these Jewish brethren that went with me because the Holy Ghost fell on them just like it did on us. <laughs> and so who are we? I'm glad I'm in it myself. And if God pours his spirit on them, who are we to have any say in who God grafts in? My God, anybody thank God for Jesus? That had not been for the Lord that's been on my side. My God, I'm so happy. My God, I'm shouting happy. Come on, somebody. My God, and we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Come on, somebody. My God. And listen, it says, in whom the building fitly framed together groweth. Come on, somebody. God is not done with us yet. We're still in the potter's hands. He's still making us, molding us, shaping us. There's only an allotted amount of time before the clay hardens. And if it gets too hard, it's to be discarded. But aren't you glad God is still making you? Anybody glad for the potter's hands? You're, yeah, I got some flaws. I got some hiccups. I, I, I got some hangups. Uh, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that. And I don't like these kind of people and, and these kind of people. I don't trust them. And, and, and they look at me cross-eyed, but I'm still in the potter's hands. <laughs> My God, he's still making me. He's still molding me. He's still shaping me. My God, hallelujah. Yeah, I got some flaws, but I'm still in his hands. Come on, somebody. And it ain't over until God says so. Come on, somebody. So we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Amen. That was their job. Uh, the acts of the apostles, uh, they were to lay the foundation, write the New Testament scripture, and oversee the church. Come on, somebody. Uh, that was the foundation layers. Amen. Lay the foundation. Amen. Uh, write the New Testament uh church, I write the New Testament scripture and oversee the church among somebody, the acts of the apostles. Uh, if you are in a church and, and following a leader that calls himself an apostle, you're not on this foundation. There's only one. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. If we have apostles among us today, the foundation is not yet laid. The New, scripture, the New Testament scripture is not yet done, and how can we live up to it if it hasn't been written or revealed unto us? 
Come on, somebody. But the foundation layers came and they laid the foundation. They wrote the New Testament scripture. They oversaw the church and they passed off the scene. And what happens, what is left when the foundation layers walk off the scene? You got the cornerstone that remains. And I'm not talking about that symbolic cornerstone that they bust out of after a hundred years and, and see what's in there, you know, a Bible and a, a newspaper. And that's a symbolic cornerstone. The real cornerstone is the first stone that is laid and everything else lines up with it. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. After the apostles and prophets laid the foundation, they died and went off the scene.